I'm Meg Dahl, your Unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Hey friends, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. Now, I don't think I could be any more excited for this week's episode with Gina Gomez. So it's basically like two of my favorite topics merging together in one podcast. So you all know by now, I love talking about all things Enneagram. I am a type four. I love being a four and I love talking to other people about what types they are. And yeah, it's just one of my favorite things to talk about. So that's an aspect of today's show. And the other part of it is how each of the Enneagram types can include self-care within their life. So if you know anything about me, you know I love talking about self-love and one of my self-love pillars is self-care care. So I just love the topic of self-care. I think we're talking about self-care more and more in the world today, but this podcast episode is unlike anything you've ever heard before. So just a little bit of a background. I highly recommend following Gina Gomez on Instagram. That's where I first found her. And she started talking about how to implement self-care within your life based on which Enneagram type you are. And I instantly shot her a DM because I was like, wait a sec. No one else is really talking about the fact that self-care doesn't look the same for every single person. So I really wanted to highlight that in this episode because what I feel like nourishes my area of self-care in my world might not be exactly what you need to feel nourished in that aspect of your life. So we need to talk about this and why that's different from person to person, and how to actually satisfy self-care within your own life. So before we actually begin today's episode, I want you to know what your Enneagram type is. So if you do not yet know what number you are on the Enneagram, please go back to episode 64 of my podcast where I interview Roland Legg. He's an Enneagram coach and he's actually local to me and him and I sat down and I picked his brain for two podcasts in a row, two episodes in a row. We did a two-part series, but head over to episode 64 and we go through all nine Enneagram types 
And after listening to that show, you'll likely have a really good idea as to which type you are. Or you can quickly jump on Google right now, do a quick little free quiz online, kind of get an idea of what number you are, and then come back and listen to this show because you're definitely going to want to know your type before listening to this show so you actually know which self-care practice is going to be most ideal for you. So I'm really excited about this show with Gina. Like I said, it just marries two of my favorite topics together, the Enneagram and self-care. And I must say that I know the types like I'm I feel like I'm pretty well versed with the Enneagram. By no means am I an Enneagram coach, but I've done, I've read um, The Road Back to You. Love that book if you wanted to read something Enneagram related. But um, anyways, Gina's just like spot on with all of these suggestions for self-care. So let's head over to this interview that I have with Gina and enjoy. Hey, Gina, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you on with me today. Honestly, I've been following you on Instagram for quite a while now. You're (laughs) definitely one of my favorite accounts to follow for sure. So it's so cool to have you on my show this week. Thank you. I know. I think I... Um, I think we started talking like right when I started doing the Enneagram content. It was pretty early on. Um, yeah. And yeah, I also really love the message that you and how you show up every day. It's so awesome. I love it. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I I really do feel that connection. And I know um, my listeners are familiar with the Enneagram. We did a two-part series a few months ago, but I just love your content so much. And a little while ago, pretty recently, you started talking more about doing a self-care type of series and how self-care can relate to your Enneagram type. So that's when I was like, okay, we just need to get her on the show and (laughs) sit down and chat. But before we actually get into all of that juicy content, can you introduce yourself to everyone listening? Sure. Um, So my name is Gina (laughs) and I am an Enneagram coach and teacher and I also advocate for self-compassion. I kind of try to put that in all of my posts somehow. Um, And I'm currently working on a secret project, which I'm hoping to announce um, sometime the next month or two. And yeah, I do also um, local workshops here in the Boise, Idaho uh, area. Amazing. So yes, I did definitely start following you very early on when you started talking about Enneagram content on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So what led you to Enneagram 
and that amazing world. (laughs) Honestly, I feel like it's a whole other world. And (laughs) now that I know about it, I mean, I don't even know as much as you know, but I feel like I just think about it all the time. (laughs) No, it like filters into every conversation as well. I think I'm sure. Um, I came across the Enneagram about 10 years ago. I was in Italy at the time and I was going through a really rough breakup. Um, and I contacted a therapist who spoke English because I was in in Italy. So I was like, I need an English speaking therapist. (laughs) Um, but when I saw him, he, essentially was like, I can't help you. It was like a crisis um, session. So it's like, I can't really help you in this short period of time. Cause I was going to leave like the following week. And um, he said, but have you heard of the Enneagram? And so he was the one who introduced me to it. I've never spoken to him again, but I quickly went home and I'm like researching and there was not nearly as much information as there is now online but I took the test and I I knew right away I was a type two and honestly since then it's just been like uh like a self-taught um every day just like trying to implement it because if you know anything about the Enneagram as soon as you kind of get your type and like you know um how much it's like it helps you you like you said it just kind of comes up every single day in conversation so yeah that's kind of how I came across it amazing so you are a type two and that's something that you actually knew right away you said you took the test and there's so many different tests out there Right. So which yeah. one did you take? And I know you get this question a lot, but I feel like it's important to address here mm-hmm. is if you get your like if you do the test and you get your results, is it 100 percent that's <laughs> your type or what happens after that? Yeah. So I always say that you're like finding out what your type is, is a personal journey. And um, some people find that they take the test and they find their type right away. And then there's other people who sometimes it'll take years. I've had friends even that um, they're just now realizing like, oh no, I I think I finally figured it out. (laughs) And so, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think the journey is just unique to everyone. And I think that um, self-awareness of course has a huge factor in it because when you're answering questions a lot of us tend to want to answer them how we want to be seen and not truly who we are and I think when I took the test I was sort of in this desperate place like I said just kind of um, going through a really hard breakup so I I was ready for answers and I was ready to be truly honest <laughs> And when I read the type two, it was actually all of the sort of challenging and um, quote unquote, like negative aspects of the two that I could truly relate to. So, yeah, I think it's just different for everybody. But I took the ready test um, on the Enneagram Institute because okay. at the time that was really the only thing available. <laughs> and now there's so many, right? Now there's so many. There's, yeah. And would that still be kind of the one that you would direct people to? 
Um, I actually always direct people to take uh, the eclectic energies one. Okay. Uh, it only um, mainly because it's free, and I think if you want to invest, you know, I think the ready is twelve dollars or something. Um, you should buy the you should buy the um, well not you should but you could. <laughs> by the uh, road back to you which is probably right around that same price point and you have a book and a lot of people find their type through that book yeah and i have that book it is incredible and Mm -hmm. then not only do you really get to know your type but -hmm. you can continually like refer back to it and get a good read on everyone else's type like yeah. your family, friends, that sort of thing. <laughs> so would you mind sharing with us how the Enneagram helped you through that rough patch in your life? Ooh, that is a, that's a long question <laughs> or a long answer rather. Um, but I think for the most part, it's truly what sets apart the Enneagram from all of the other personality type tests where you can check your motivations behind your behaviors. And that's sort of where it, where the opportunity lies to bring awareness to those um, behavioral patterns and to choose something different if you want to. And so going through a breakup, realizing like, okay, um, just some of the challenges that a type two faces if I brought awareness to that every day and sort of checked in with myself for those motivations, it stopped me from seeking out answers on the outside, if that makes sense. Definitely. Um, So I was holding myself much more accountable for my emotions, basically. Mm -hmm. No, I really love that. And I think that it's a wonderful answer and it wasn't super yeah. long or anything, even okay, though we good. do <laughs> we have all it. the time. <laughs> so if you have a long answer, feel free. <laughs> but yeah, I do think for me too, I mean, I haven't used the Enneagram through a breakup, but just the self-awareness piece and, mm. you know, any conflict in your life, you bring so much awareness to that and you're like, okay, this is why I'm behaving the way I am, or <laughs> this is why I'm responding to the mm. things that are happening in yeah. in my life the way I am. And you're a type four, right? Yes. Okay. And I do you have dominant wing? Truly do not know anyone more type four than me. <laughs> like I, it's really? like everything is bang on. Like there's never any type time where I read something. I'm like, uh, not so much for here. It's like spot on every <laughs> single time. And I am, I think I'm in the position where I'm kind of like in a toss up between my wings. I'm not super sure because I definitely do have um, a very like outgoing socializing type. um, And I like to get things done and feel accomplished. But whenever I read like the difference between a three and a four, I think I just automatically go more towards a five. I mean, a three and a five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they're, maybe they're balanced. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's a thing too, right? You can have a dominant wing or balanced wing. Or both of them or neither of them. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So if someone, that's a good topic is if someone's having a really hard time deciding which wing 
is their dominant wing. Sometimes mm-hmm. neither wings really show up. Yeah, sometimes um, you, none of those characteristics in either of those wings will show up in the personality, really. They, they won't be able to identify with any of them. Um, but it's not, I think people <clears throat> sometimes get a little bit caught up on trying to find out what that week is. Yes. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's important to some extent, just knowing that those uh, characteristics can show up for you, but um, there's much more like, you know, greater things than, than your wings. Than yeah. finding out your wing for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think one of the great things about just knowing your type, and this has nothing to do with knowing which wing you are or whatever, is what we're going to be talking about today. And that is how each type can care for themselves or like what self-care actually feels like and looks like for all Mm -hmm. of the different types. And before you and I hit record today, I was just saying this, when you started talking about this on Instagram, I was just like, okay, no one else is talking about this. So I really Mm want to have you on so we can talk about it. But I talk a lot about self-care as well. And Mm -hmm. I feel like self-care is just this huge topic because what looks like self-care for me isn't going to be what feels like self-care for you. So I wanted to go through all the types and kind of provide our listeners with some inspiration today. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. You bring up a really good point too that, um, I think not just with the Enneagram, but across the board, self-care is going to look different for everybody. Um, Sometimes I see people posting things like what their self-care stuff is. And I'm like, I do not want to do that. (laughs) Like that's not something I would ever want to do. So yeah, definitely. Um, And each of these will kind of just give a general idea. Um, I put some specifics that would correlate to that type, but you can always, um, what's the word substitute or, you know, just change it however you need to. For sure. Yeah. So which type do you like starting with when you're kind of going through the Enneagram? Um, I, I think we can start with type one. Okay, sure. I know some people like following the diagram and the triads. I know. And, and it's so interesting because on our um, our podcast, God Bless the Enneagram, we have a, an Instagram account and we have started to just post them randomly so that everyone can kind of get a chance to be first because a lot of people will write in and like complain about that. But um I noticed you girls started doing that and I love it because you never really know what's coming, right? (laughs) Yes. And I think some people love it for that reason. And then some people like can't stand it. (laughs) Yeah. So which type would be more so to not like that? (laughs) Yeah. Um, We usually get comments from ones. Yeah. That's what I thought. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's usually ones. That's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. One of my um, best friends is the one, so I can. Oh, really? That. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. How long have you guys been best friends? Uh, or gosh, friends? like back when I was in university, but like maybe 2011, 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
Yeah. We get along really well. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how should we start? How would you like to start? Just like me going right in? <laughs> yeah, we can. So we can start with type one and mm-hmm. how would a type one, like what are some self-care practices that would, that may likely feel really good for a type one? So I like how you frame that question because I think sometimes self-care, um, it can feel a little awkward at first. A lot of us are not used to being kind to ourselves and loving ourselves in a certain way. And so when we first approach self-care, for some of us, it may feel very awkward. (laughs) And I think that for once, because they're so practical, that sometimes some of the suggestions that I give them, they sort of kind of take a step back or they'll kind of like, look at me kind of funny. Um, Because they can't see themselves doing something like that or maybe noticing how it can help them. But um, to that point, I think for type ones, it's really important for them to let go. So however they need to let go of control that feels good to them, whether it's um, doing some type of physical activity that is fun to them, like dancing or restorative yoga is like really important for ones. Um, Restorative yoga. Have you ever done restorative yoga? Yes. Okay. So um, I'm a two, but I have a really strong one wing. And when I first did restorative yoga, I was so uncomfortable (laughs) because it holds you up in all the parts that you need. So it's very relaxing. And I think that one's would truly benefit from letting something else support them and be there for them. And, you know, they can just relax and let go. Mm. Um, The other thing that I really like for ones is, um, excuse me, uh, is for them to laugh. Like it's so important for them again, to let go, relax and just have fun. So watching a funny movie, because I know ones, they love their like, dramas their tv dramas um i've heard that they really love like true crime and everything which is fascinating but they can they really um would benefit from like a light-hearted show or movie oh i love that i love that so much okay um i think we have some really great takeaways there for sure and i love the letting go aspect so even if a type one is listening and if they just like close their eyes almost and think, okay, what would it feel like? Or what activity would actually allow me to feel like I just let go of things? Mm -hmm. I think that would be a great thing for them to do as well. So type two, this is your type. I'm really excited to hear about this. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Um, it's funny because whenever I'm doing content for my own type, it's it's the hardest one because there's blind spots. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for type two, uh, because they're very nurturing and caring and kind to others, they are definitely the ones who need that self-care to be reflected upon themselves. And um, it can feel very difficult for them to allow themselves to attend to those needs. So um, one of their self-care things could be actually asking others for help. Um, an example of that could be 
um, if you're a mom, you could ask a friend if, um, you know, can you take care of my kids for a half hour, an hour while I, you know, take a shower or go grocery shopping by myself, something that they would feel maybe a little bit, I don't want to say shameful, but maybe shameful or guilty for asking. They don't want to impose on people, but really type choose um, their blind spot is that they do have needs and the people that are close to them really do want to help them. And so if they let down their pride a little bit and let others in, um, they can see like how much support they actually have. Um, the other really important self-care tip for type twos is that they spend time alone. And I, I say this all the time <laughs> and they're probably sick of hearing it, but um, because type twos take in so much information from other people um, and like they're so in tune to what other people need that unless they're truly alone and by themselves, they can't separate themselves. If that makes sense. Okay. Um, totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And when they're alone, it's like, okay, what do I need? And it might get a little uncomfortable usually, but um, then they can kind of hear their own inner needs talking to them. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So for twos, it's super important for them to really just like connect with themselves and mm -hmm. tune into their needs for once, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so the threes. I just spent, again, <laughs> one of my other best friends. We just traveled together for the past two weeks. So I feel like I know threes really well at this point. Oh, yeah. 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 I love them. Yeah. Yeah, no, threes are lovely and they're, they're so good at being able to read other people. Um, and they're a lot of fun. They, they are also like in that positivity triad where they're not going to necessarily sulk. They can like easily bounce back from things. So definitely it's nice to have them around there. Yeah. They're tons yeah. of fun. Yeah. So for, for type threes, I would definitely recommend them slowing down. Um, they are highly productive and accomplished people usually, and which means that their plates are always full and that they, they also need to relax, but <clears throat> in a way where they're also spending some time alone, some quiet time alone, maybe like without their phone <laughs> yeah. or like just offline completely. And um, it's really great for them to journal every day, even if it's just like a couple minutes in the morning or in the evening. But um, the reason that it's great for them is that this gives them the opportunity to kind of check in with their emotions since they're the type that, can be quite detached from those emotions. They are so in tune to what other people are expecting of them that, um, I mean, they're great chameleons, but at the same time, they it, it would help them to check in with themselves to see how they're actually feeling about certain situations. Mm -hmm. And so doing that every day is like so important for them. Um, and I think that a lot of threes, because they're so highly productive and they're sort of like just constantly um, in production mode, that they would do great with 
um, maybe some time to be creative. Mm. So being able to kind of let those emotions too come up through like creative expression. So interesting that you suggested like kind of getting off your phone. So kind of doing almost like a technology detox, right? So I have two threes that are very close to me in my life and both of them regularly do like social media detoxes or, you know, like they'll, they won't go on Instagram or something for an entire weekend. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting to me that they're both threes. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely. And that's great that they do that. I mean, I think we all can can benefit from doing that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not just threes, but threes in particular, just because that, you know, they're probably, you know, waiting for emails to come in and it just kind of releases all that for them. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Okay. On to me now. (laughs) On to the fours. (laughs) On to fours. On to the fours. Okay. So for fours, they are in the heart center. They are our deep feelers of the Enneagram. And um, usually what happens with fours is they can get very... um, they can get very overwhelmed by their emotions and how they're feeling. And it's very difficult for them to come out of that or to detach themselves from that. And the most important thing that they could do really is to get back into their bodies and ground themselves. So whether that's through taking a walk walk in nature or doing um, yoga outside or something that's going to open up that Um, is it the sacral chakra? I think it's the sacral chakra, but I'm sure somebody will correct me if I'm wrong. The one kind of in your reproductive area? Yeah, I believe that's the one that really helps to um, ground you and it helps the fours to feel safe again because sometimes... the root chakra is The root chakra. Okay, okay. Yeah, that will definitely help them. Um, But I really do hear that moving their body and like actually working up a sweat um, can help them. So the other thing is for them to kind of move towards practicality things. So going, um, making a routine for themselves and working on a little bit of self-discipline, even if it's just something little, because sometimes when our emotions don't allow us to, um, or let me rephrase that, sometimes we wake up and it's like, nope, I'm not doing anything today, right? It's like, (laughs) I don't feel good. I don't feel well. And knowing that you have a routine already in place can kind of support you when um, you don't even know where to start and it feels overwhelming. So yeah, them also, the type fours, I always say like gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. And I think for all the types, it it really helps, but it really helps the four specifically to come back into the present instead of like longing for the past or what could have been, what should be. And it really brings them to the presence. Like, what are you grateful for right, right now? Mm -hmm. And yeah. Amazing. And just as a type four, I can chime in here and say, if I'm just an emotional wreck or feeling any type of like a lot of emotions, whether that's 
anxiousness or really like sad heaviness, yeah. any type of emotion that is coming on real strong. And my boyfriend can say yes to this, but mm-hmm. I will always just say, I just need to go for a walk. Like mm-hmm. I just need to leave. I need to go for a yeah. walk. And yeah, so it was really cool to hear you say that. Mm-hmm. that just like kind of getting in your body type thing. Yeah, definitely getting into your body and grounding yourself because that way the emotions can kind of have time to um, settle down. Mm -hmm. And then I come back from my walk like a completely different person. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm all happy. So yeah, that's so cool. Okay, I'm excited to hear about fives as well because that's what my boyfriend Scott is. So yeah, so... I feel like guys are different with self-care too. So I'm really excited to hear more about fives and self-care. Yeah. So for type fives, they are in the thinking center. So they're very cerebral and um, also like the ones they're quite practical. Um, So again, kind of getting them to loosen up a little bit and instead of observing the world where they usually feel most safe, let's say, um, kind of coming out and bringing them into also the present, but also into the real world with people. Um, And this can be whatever feels safe to them. So they kind of can work themselves up to maybe joining a group that you know, has similar interests as them because fives, once they find um, like, let's say like their people, they really come out of their shells. They, um, you know, love to talk about things that interest them. And especially with people that are also like um, thinking a lot alike, a lot like them. Um, Breath work is really important for the five too. I can imagine calming the nervous system for the five is highly important since um, the thinking center that underlining emotion is fear. And so just for them to, again, also feel grounded and safe to practice breath work or something really cool, like I feel like type fives think outside the box. They're very open-minded. So maybe something like Tai Chi, I think I put that on our, on my list of things for the five, but, um, or anything that makes them feel that they have that energy available to them. So um, again, walks in nature for the five work just as effective, um, like as for the four. Um, but really getting into their bodies as well. So out of the mind and into the body really Mm -hmm. helps them. I know a lot of fives actually that go running and they say that like, that's what really helps them to sort of work out any anxious energy. I like that. And also being, when you started talking about finding a group that they really Mm -hmm. feel like similar to, I could totally see that and my boyfriend for sure. So yeah. it was weird when, yeah, I feel like you're so spot on for all of these. So we'll just keep moving right along with the sixes. All right. So for type six, it's really beneficial for them to learn how to self-soothe. And I think that self-soothing is beneficial to all of us, but in particular for the sixes, since they tend to run a little on the anxious side, 
that um, if they have coping mechanisms, healthy coping mechanisms in place for themselves, they can lower their anxiety knowing that, okay, if I go into a particular situation, I will be able to have XYZ in place to calm me down. So for example, if they were going um, on a trip and they might start thinking to themselves, like brainstorming all the possibilities, things that can go wrong. And instead of doing that, they can you know, sit down and make a list of things that they know that um, they're going to need on the trip and kind of getting organized for themselves so that they know that um, they can kind of prevent those anxious feelings. Um, so yeah, it's also really important for sixes to watch or listen to things that are going to inspire them. Um, this kind of creates a new frame of mind when they are going up against something or um, when they know that they're starting to kind of feel anxious about a certain situation, could be like a conversation that they're going to have with someone, maybe listening to something motivational that can help them um, will definitely help their frame of mind instead of um, being on the defense of things like how am I going to react if you know XYZ happens and instead approaching it with a much more positive frame of mind. Um, the other thing is that sixes definitely will reach out to friends when they're feeling like they don't know what to do about a certain situation and um, which is great. Like we should all, you know, feel like we can reach out to our friends, but if sixes are wanting to instead maybe self-soothe and learn how to rely on themselves, they can practice um, certain meditations that will allow them to kind of get in touch with that intuition and learning how to listen to it a little bit more and trust it and trust themselves. Oh, I like that advice for them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I look at my family and really close friends, I have kind of this really unique, like even spread of all the types. I know oh, types really? like one through nine and then there's sixes and I just don't have like a close six to me, which is super interesting. Like all the other types are covered. And then when it comes to sixes, I'm like, huh, there's not too many people that I actually know that are a six, which is interesting to me. Yeah, that that is interesting because I keep hearing that that sixes make up the most of the population. And I'm like, I have maybe two sixes that I know. Um, they're both men, but other than that, I don't, I don't know any. Yeah. <laughs> so you would think you would know a lot. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Okay. Seven. This is my dad. I always. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He's a seven. <laughs> um, okay. So for sevens, they are also in the thinking triad. So their underlining emotion is also anxiousness. They don't like to sit still for too long because then those emotions kind of come up and it makes them anxious. So they want to keep busy. Um, but the important thing for them is to reconnect to those emotions and navigate through them and um, to be able to do so without wanting to flee or wanting to find something else to kind of jump to when they feel bored or when they feel restless or that there's something out there that is 
going to be better. Um, and the reason for that is because when we are in that frame of mind, we're not in the moment and we're not feeling grateful for what just is. Mm-hmm. And we might tend to get frustrated or be in a frustrating kind of um, feeling that, oh, this isn't good enough. There has to be something else. And so they jump and jump and jump. So really embracing those complex emotions will help them to know that they're going to pass, that, you know, nothing is there forever. And if they're willing to kind of sit there and work through them, whether that's through journaling or talking um, to a friend about it, letting them know that this is happening and they can feel safe knowing that it's going to pass eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, I think, can can really benefit from, again, taking like a social media detox or just like being offline for a while, grounding themselves in um, like a healthy lifestyle, whatever that looks like for them, and really checking in to their own well-being. Um, because if they're so busy and they're jumping from you know activity to activity, they can tend to forget about themselves and like mm-hmm. what they actually need. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. I feel like even like uh, I don't know. This might not be self care to some people, but. I love talking to a therapist and Mm -hmm. I feel like a type seven, if they have that tendency to just, you know, be dealing with a lot of stuff and kind of keep themselves busy from thinking about all the stuff that they're dealing with. I feel like therapy in whatever way like suits them Mm -hmm. would be really fitting. And it's kind of what you said, like speaking to your friends about what you're going through or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think we did a, a series once on our Godless Enneagram account, and I think it might have been self-care. I'm not sure, but we did talk about um, the sevens also um, in therapy. And it wasn't just exclusive to them. I mean, er- anyone can benefit from therapy, um, but it really is. It does have to do with like actually facing that there are negative emotions underneath because that's a huge blind spot for the seven is that they're so resilient and able to kind of bounce back from any setback and reframe things that they forget that no, actually there is the other side of things that are not so great and they are there sitting inside you. So And it's yeah. okay to feel them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay like it's uncomfortable, them. but it's okay to feel them. Yeah. yeah for sure. Okay. So eights. <laughs> type eights. So type eights are <clears throat> they're in the body center and they are running on a lot of adrenaline and also just like very strong convictions. So they can definitely use some R&R, like (laughs) um, maybe just um, taking like a full day or whatever they have um, capacity for to really sit down and relax and get enough sleep. Um, they're usually um, not able to compartmentalize like work and home um, because they're they're very much like in a state of just like go, go, go. And it can be difficult for them to kind of like 
not bring work with them at home. So I think like a self-care thing would be knowing like, okay, you come into the driveway or whatever it is. And you're like, let me just take a minute, maybe sit in your car for like, however long it takes, um, to just let work stay at work and you can come home and be with your family and, um, really connect on an emotional level with them. And I think for eights as well, they can, um, they show a lot of passion in their life, which sometimes gets misguided as like, no, I am, I am an emotional person or they might look emotional, but, um, passion is not an emotion. So, um, unlike the ones where they are like, I'm like, Oh, go watch a funny, happy movie. I think eights, it's like, how can you reach in? And, um, I know they hate when I say this, but like be more vulnerable, um, and whatever feels safe to them. uh, Again, I think it'll look different for every single eight, but if it's like calling a friend or a family member or someone and just kind of opening up to them about their day or about their week will, will really help. Um, also just like if you have an eight in your life, checking in with them, um, kind of direct and assertive because if they feel there's too much emotion there, they might retreat, but just checking in with them as well, because they seem so strong and like they don't need much, but we all need a little bit of love. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And someone to say like, Hey, I'm here if you need to talk. Um, And I think just like opening that door for them is is great. So yeah. um, AIDS can also um, suffer from a bit of anxiety as well, since they go to the five in stress. Mm -hmm. And so anything that can help them um, cut back on on that would be great. Like, you know, less caffeine or, um, just maybe also doing some meditation practices will help them. Okay. Yeah. I like those. Those are a lot of things for the eights to work with and that nines, this is what my mom is. I love nines too. I feel like moms or like nines are really great moms. I think, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that for sure. They're very like accepting and understanding, passionate. Yeah, yeah, my mom really holds on tight to like the whole sloth association. Really? She, yeah. Oh, ever since she <laughs> did the Enneagram quiz and discovered herself that she was also a nine, um, she uses sloth emojis all the time. Ah, it's hilarious. That's funny. That's so <laughs> yeah. cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So for nines, I guess what's really great for them is that the self-care can come down to getting them inspired to actually move their bodies and um, they can kind of get overwhelmed by the things that they have to do during the day. Or um, honestly, I think that for them, they're able to be, um, they're able to keep their emotions very steady, but there is a bit of underlying anger that they have underneath. So journaling things is great for them as well. Just maybe if they had a tough conversation with someone that day or like an unpleasant encounter or whatever it was for them to kind of like journal that down and just kind of let it go. Yeah. Um, 
it, I think that the nine sometimes think that they're not like bothered by things, um, which it may come across that way, but underneath it, there's like this anger kind of just like hanging out. <laughs> and so, yeah, whatever they need to do to kind of let some of that anger go, um, I think they have to kind of get in touch with it first and like be aware that it's actually there because it, otherwise it comes out kind of passive aggressively with um, different people. But yeah, yeah I think um, also for them just doing little steps for things that seem really big to them and overwhelming, you know, so like making a short list for them rather than like, okay, let me plan out my whole month. Like they, they won't do that. They won't want to do that. So maybe like, what am I going to do tomorrow? You know, and then maybe building on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gina, these were so many great suggestions. (laughs) And for you as a two, what is your favorite self-care activity for you? Oh, I think my favorite one would be, um, gosh, (laughs) okay. I have a few. So the first one I think would be like watching friends. Amazing. Yeah. I just love to hang out with friends like (laughs) on Netflix. Um, and then the second thing I think would be swimming. And I don't do it enough, but I really feel good after I have like a good swim. Oh, I love both of those. And I can always have friends playing in the background for sure. (laughs) Love friends. You can never watch too much friends, I don't think. I know. Yeah. Okay. So for everyone listening, you have so much amazing content. I will have your Instagram page linked up in our show notes, but if people want to go follow you right now, can you share your handle with us, but also your podcast? We'll send them over there too. Okay. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Gina Gomez.co and then our, our Enneagram podcast is God bless the Enneagram. Amazing. I will link all of that up. And one last question for you before we go, I ask all of my guests this question, and that is what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? I think what it means to me is that no matter what happens, that I know that my spirit is safe. I love that. And I love this question because I always get different answers. Really? Yeah. And definitely have never gotten that beautiful answer before. So thank you so much for Mm -hmm. joining me this week. And I know everyone's just going to love this episode. Thank you. Oh, good. I hope so. (laughs) 